Hello everybody, we're back. Actually, I'm back. I took a week off, mainly because I couldn't find a guest quick enough, but uh, this week we have a gentleman with me who uh, legit brought a tear to my eye because of freaking Tetris. Um, I'll let him go into detail about that later. A uh, little bit of cleanup uh, before we start. Um, I'm streaming seven days a week, twitch.tv slash h20happydude. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, Fall Guys Monday through Thursday, and then I'll be doing the Gen 1 uh, Pokedex uh, completion on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Until then, I'd like to introduce my guest at this time, a gentleman who goes by a Game Scout on uh, YouTube, who has... Like reinvigorated my love for an old eight bit classic. How are you doing, sir? I am doing fantastic. I'm really happy to be here. Looking forward to the conversation. So we have a common bond as far as gaming goes with Tetris. Um, I found your videos when you did the, uh, I think it was the 2018 CTWC. Uh, it was the one that took you almost about six, seven months to make. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I was just wanting to converse, like, why Why did you find Tetris to be entertaining enough to share with, uh, with your followers on YouTube? And what actually got you starting, in, starting back into Tetris? Was it the CTWC or something else? Well... I mean, my introduction to Tetris as a kid, I was never super into it. I played it a little bit casually on a couple different platforms, but it was really finding the BuzzFeed documentary on Eli in 2015 or so. Uh, BuzzFeed made a documentary about Eli Markstrom when he made it all the way to semifinals in 2014. That was my very first introduction to the concept of people playing Tetris professionally. And I think like many others, it immediately caught my eye of like, is this a thing? Uh, do people actually play Tetris, you know, in tournaments seriously? Uh, because if you're not that into it, it seems like, you know, just such a simple game. It's like having a, you know, rock, paper, scissors world championships along that line. But then there were, there were many things about that BuzzFeed documentary. I mean, one, they picked somebody that's, you know, is the complete polar opposite of maybe what you'd expect. Uh, the most negative stereotypes of what someone would imagine a Tetris player to be like. Um, you know, Eli is super positive. He's outgoing. Um, he's a personal trainer. Uh, he's somebody that's very well-rounded and charismatic. Uh, he was the first person I was ever a fan of. And he made a really nice analogy about Tetris to life, where, you know, life throws a bunch of random stuff at you. And you have to, you know, make it all fit together and make it work. Um and do the best with what you got. And so it was kind of, I started watching it every single year after that point, just because it was kind of a, an you know, interesting novelty. But then I was really drawn in by the personalities of the scene. So I, I've met so many great people through the community. And I think that's really what has made the community stand out. Uh, I don't think I would be nearly as involved or playing it nearly as much as I would, if not for all the incredible people I've met, uh, you know, getting to meet Joseph the year where he went out and won 
even as recently as getting to experience and chat with Anna and Uncle Mike in my most recent video when they were doing their qualifiers. I think there's something about Tetris is where it's like, it's hard to get too toxic about Tetris. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's such a simple, timeless, universal game. And, you know, who's really gonna, you know, get serious in, you know, negativity and trash talk over something like this. I think it's something that's very common, something everybody can understand, something that can bring people together. <laughs> Kingsman. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about the Anna and Uncle, uh, what's it, Uncle David? Uncle Mike. Uncle Mike. So the Anna and Uncle Mike story actually was the one that uh, hit me the hardest. Um, mm -hmm. Because not th there's, there's a lot of people that have connection to their parents through gaming. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I, was, I was lucky enough to find that with my mom. And right as soon as I saw the connections uh, between the two of them and me and my mom, I was like, hold it, hold it. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, like, it is like to find that over anything toxic in a community that has like hundreds, if not thousands of people playing. It is just, mm -hmm. it is just like, here's my heartstrings now, tug it. Um, yeah. So, um, like the, I'm trying to find a question after that because all of a sudden I'm tearing up again just thinking about it. Um, so, um, the your YouTube channel has been mainly uh, focused on Tetris. Has there been any point mm -hmm. in time to where you thought about moving away from it, or has the popularity of the game like? since it technically has never died down uh, mm -hmm. over, like since the start of the CTWC did did you think at one point that you were going to be pigeonholed in being the Tetris guy well I mean I had thought about covering you know other a, a, a wider variety of games at some points I think now my my channel is pretty firmly established at Tetris Although I don't mind that anymore because I'm realizing I, don't, I can't even imagine running out of topics. Initially, I thought maybe this is too narrow of a topic, but now I, I literally have a Google Doc that I wrote up uh, two months ago where I was like, I just need to write down every idea I had. And I had over 20 ideas for videos and just new ones keep coming up all the time because there's new stories, there's new players to talk about, there's new events, there's new interesting things. And yeah, I don't think... I'll run out of topics anytime soon. Um, but it's also a fact of like, it, I think it's, it's also, it's, it's easier and more fun to make videos about something you really know a lot about. I didn't want to make videos explaining everything that I talk about until I really understood it. So I like hung out on Twitch streams for a year just, you know, really got invested in the scene where I felt confident enough to be like, I can make an explainer video about it. And I think the cool thing has been, you know, being able to make videos like this that just nobody on YouTube has made them before. For a lot of other games, you know, they have, you know, a huge viewership, but they also have a lot of other people who have already made, uh, you know, very informative and amazing videos about that. So if I can create those sorts of videos for Tetris and, you know, make them into existence. Uh, that's a role I'm happy to fulfill. 
in the in the years leading up to uh like within the past five years Mm -hmm. uh do you think that tetris would have ever been uh like in in your mind did you think that oh tetris will never be on espn or be considered an esport or in in the case during the side events in 2019 they actually had uh, a race to level 19 for speed running and they even have uh, speedrun.com leaderboards for all this. Do you think that mm-hmm. if it wasn't for the CTWC itself, that we wouldn't, that we wouldn't, well, of course, the ESPN thing wouldn't happen, but uh, yeah. like have it be as big as it become over the past well, five years, I want to say? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's really, it's it's been beyond anything I ever expected. Uh, I mean, I really started paying more attention closely to the Tetris scene when it initially had, you know, a bit of a viral burst with the boom Tetris for Jeff video taking off the YouTube recommended, but that wasn't necessarily uh, a huge amount of like direct community involvement from most of those like 10 million YouTube views. It was mainly just sort of people like it it was basically a meme. Uh, And I think it was Joseph Saley winning where it was just, you know, such a great story, such a great headline that it really got a lot of people personally invested in it beyond just, you know, a meme level. And yeah, it, it is absolutely insane, uh, the amount of growth that's happened in the past couple of years. Uh, I, I got very fortunate, I guess, that I, I got in to, you know, a, 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 gr- a great thing to be a, a part of and talk about right as it was blowing up. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I've heard like other other subgenres of the Tetris community, like the modern, uh, you know, guideline players are wondering like, why, why isn't there something like this for, for ours? Like how is, you know, the 1989 Nintendo <laughs> version yeah. of the game, it's not even two player, uh, had this, you know, whole tournament rise up. And I think Chris Tang, uh, gave a really good talk on it and that there's a bunch of very happy coincidences about the game and the scene that all just kind of came together at the right time. And so the CTWC is one of those success stories. It'd be hard for me to list like all the reasons off the top of my head. A lot of them have to do with just like the, the way the game is structured fosters good sportsmanship. The length is kind of the right pace. The, the amount of time it takes to do a game is good for a tournament setting. The accessibility of it, you know, audiences are immediately able to understand what's going on. Just a bunch of those different factors just make it very accessible and you know encourage positivity well you brought up joseph uh a little bit and uh i want to go back a couple like maybe about a year or so ago i popped into jonas's Mm -hmm. stream one night and like this was yeah this was shortly after uh joseph's first win and i asked him point blank it's like because of like Joseph and Corian and all these uh, hyper tappers that are just dominating right now. Do you honestly mm-hmm. think that you could learn that you're going to be forced to go into learning how to hyper tap? And he mm-hmm. said, and I quote, I will never learn. I'll, I'll, I will never hyper tap. Mm-hmm. Do you think that in the long term that uh, like, the new guard of the young hyper tappers are going to officially push out the old old guard of DAS players and make hyper tapping like mandatory at this point. 
it, it basically has reached that point, I think, as of this year. Uh, not Maybe not entirely, but a, as far as people who have a legitimate shot at winning, I, I would say yes. Uh, like, I don't think we'll see another DAS player win the CTWC in the format that it is in right now. Uh, as far as making it in, there's still, you know, out of the 160 people who qualified this year, uh, only about... Uh, a third of them were hyper tappers, but out of the the top seeds, the 64 people who made it in, I think about 70% of them were hyper tappers. And then all the people who are the favorites are hyper tappers. Uh, I don't think the DAS players, um, like, like the old veterans, I think they'll probably all try to hyper tap at least once. Uh, I, I think in Jonas's situation, he said that he tried it once very briefly. It didn't work out very well. Uh, and that his family has like a history of arthritis, so he doesn't doesn't want to push it too much. Um, and then, yeah, other players have said, well, they just prefer dassing. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I guess we'll see what the long term effects uh, or or growth is, uh, because yes, on the trajectory, like next year, I would imagine, you know, if if things continue to grow and you need at least you know, three or four maxed outs just to be able to qualify, then, yeah, it, it's going to be exponentially harder for a DAS player to do that than a hyper tapper. So, yeah, I, I would say, like, for, for the top-level players, you know, you have to be able to hyper tap now at this point to be able to be a serious contender. But I think you can still enjoy playing the game um, just, you know, casually for fun on a DAS level. Uh, I personally, I've tried a bunch of different ways of hyper tapping, and I just can't, I just can't get fast enough to have it be a significant advantage over gas. So there's not too much of a point in me doing it, but I can still play for fun. It still allows me to do a lot of the quirky challenges like I've done in some of my videos. So I'm pretty happy where, with where I am now. I know I'll never be a top contender, but I still think there's room for you know, hyper tappers and DAS players to enjoy the game. Well, recently, and uh, I think it was your latest video or one of them, you actually sponsored a player to qualify for the CTWC. How did he do? Uh, Brendan, he did fantastic. Uh, he got five max outs uh, in his qualifier. And uh, amazingly, that only got him, I, I forget what the seed is, it's probably like 12th or 13th. Like a bunch of, like, that only got him 12th or 13th. At the time, I thought I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be like, you know, number four or five seed. Uh, but then we had all these amazing players. Just really, this this kind of year was just like, oh my gosh, there's people maxing on multiple times that I've never heard of. This is really where it's it's, it's gone crazy. But yeah, uh, I'm really uh, I'm really excited for Brendan. Uh, I've been watching him on the C CTMs. Uh, I, I originally really noticed him when he became the sixth person in the world to get 19.5 uh, two hours after I uploaded my 19.5 video. I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, I mean, he killed in the qualifiers. He's in a bracket with, uh, I forget, he's he's with Sam Oak and Miles and a couple other people. He has a decent chance to make it to the top eight. Uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Now, what was it like? I saw that Joseph had like 10, 12 max outs in his two hours. Yeah, he had 12 max outs. And oh. it's funny, actually, as we're recording this, they're doing the live premiere of the the VOD on YouTube. Uh, 
it it really was stunning to see that because it was throughout the two months leading up to the qualifiers, people had been discussing what would be the maximum amount of max outs you could possibly get in two hours if every game was a max out. And I think it was always just kind of a hypothetical question. Nobody really expected somebody to actually come close to doing it. Uh, Joseph came about as close as one could reasonably expect getting 12 max outs in, I think, 13 or 14 individual games. Because uh, he had, I think, two early top outs. Uh, or th- he had two early top outs, almost like 8,000 points, um, which he did right before a bathroom break. Uh, and then he had like one 500,000 game. And then every single one of that 12 other games was a max outs. Um, I don't think uh, that type of consistency has ever been done before. And it kind of gives credence to the possibility that maybe the best player in the world could eventually max out the game every single time, which is just kind of insane to imagine given that the scene started with what began as a documentary about Harry Hong, who took like four years to get his first max out. And now we're at a point where somebody can almost do it every time. One, one would think after like, like you, you, you had a two hour time limit, correct? For your, yeah. okay. So one would think after the first hour, if you have like, I don't know, six or seven of them that you can just yeah. cruise right into top 64. Mm. The, the, he was like, I'm, I'm going to keep going. I like, he, yeah. like he kind of had no reason to do it, but then again, he had no reason to love to logically stop mm-hmm. because with him being the best one of, if not the best player in the world right now, he had to show his worth. And like, as soon as we get done with this, I'm going to go back and watch those VODs because it's just insane to hear that it was like 12 out of 14 games were max. Yeah, it's, it's really crazy. And it's, it's crazy that he almost really had to keep pushing it until the very end to guarantee himself at number one spot. Uh, because just a few days after Tristop got seven maxes, which uh, he was one of this standout players. He's always been in the CTMs, but he hasn't come close to winning. So I think he really made a statement there. Eric also got seven two days later, and he could have had a lot more. He came really close a couple times to getting like 10. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was, I think, a very nice statement for Joseph to be able to put up that many because I think after a certain point, you know, it's kind of, you get to the point where you got a thousand people watching on your personal channel. You got a thousand more people watching on the CTW Twitch. You're, you're putting on a show for a crowd of people and that's always fun to be able to do. Uh, but also just to say something like, you know, Hey, I'm still the best. <laughs> I may have lost in the second round of CTM last month, but I just dropped 12 maxes. Everybody else know, now knows what they have to face. if They're in my bracket. Who has a shot to take down Joseph? Um, Theoretically, uh, I would say any of the top 16. Um, So the top 16 would be uh, everybody who had three max outs or more in their qualifying. Joseph has won most of the times he's been in the Classic Tetris Monthly over the past year, but he has gone out three times, I believe, to Sodium Overdose, uh, Jake Games 2, and most recently Broden Damp Allen. Um, who all three of those are also team tapping phenoms. 
and can all are also just as capable of putting up a max out over a, a string of three games. So Joseph is the favorite, but it's one of those situations where it's like, you know, if he's going head to head with one of these top other players, maybe I give him like 70% odds and the other person 30% odds. It means he's Joseph. He's the big favorite, but the other person still has a chance, which is crazy. Um, there's just so many good players now. Yeah, I think I think with the uh like if if the game was solely based on skill, like I'm convinced Joseph would win every time. But because of the RNG factor and the nature of the game itself, like I would not be surprised one bit if if we see a uh upset for, for Joseph early. And I mean like first two rounds early. Um like like I I'm kind of I naturally go for the root for the underdog story, but when there's uh, uh, 63 others that are considered to be the underdog in this thing, with Joseph being the number one favorite going into it, I'm, I don't want to be that guy to come across to be a, a, a severe like a-hole about it, but you know, um, every, everyone loves a good underdog story, and I just can't wait for the brackets to set up to where we can actually, you know, uh, pick brackets and pick brains for a little bit. Um, so we have come to the, uh, to the moment where it's like, uh, with, with the CTWC moving, moving online, do you think it's going to stay that way? Or do you think it's just because of the COVID-19 situation that it's, that it's, that it had to be put online? So I think there's benefits and drawbacks to both systems because there's definitely been a lot of growing pains and learning curves with doing it online this year. Um, you know, one of the biggest being, you know, just everybody having to get original equipment. And for some people in remote areas, such as Zafanya Nainu in Indonesia, who's definitely one of the top 10 players in the world, uh, it, it took, you know, many weeks and, you know, people personally buying him the equipment because the conversion rates are so tough and but now that everybody like all the top players have all that equipment like they're set if they ever have to do this again um and i think there you know the live event you never want to go away from that if there's the option to do that because it's just so much of a unique experience to meet people in real life get to do the show in real life there's just a unique kind of energy to that but there's also something cool about being able to savor things for a bit. I know going the past two years, it was really tough just how crammed everything was. Uh, trying to cram everything into three days. It's just so little time. And there's so many people to talk to, so much to do. You always just feel like like you're, you're running around and you can never quite do enough. I would love to see kind of a hybrid Maybe next year, you know, I, I think other people have talked about, you know, being supportive of that sort of idea where you kind of like maybe do the online qualifiers and then you determine the brackets before you go in person. So that way you don't have to spend a day standing in line or something. And that way you can just show up and play the matches. And plus it also benefits the people to where it's like if, if I decide to do the online qualifiers, it's like I'm not going to – well – like if if the money issue wasn't a problem, yeah, I'd go anyway. But like for those who like have spent three to four hundred dollars on streaming equipment and then doing the online qualifiers and then not being able to go because they've spent all this money, you know, 
just doing the qualifiers. So I mean, yeah. like that that's that's also a thing. Do you think that there's a possibility to have a 100% separate online and offline world champion? Hmm. Uh, I think it, it would depend on what they would want to do. Because basically, I feel like the there's there's different tournaments right now that kind of exist in different uh, levels of prominence. Um, the the one with by far the most uh, publicity about it is the Classic Tetris Monthly, and I think that kind of has become an online world monthly championship of sorts at least for now it is it's the most accessible and inclusive by far i think because the, the judges are pretty lenient um pretty much anybody can get in you can even use an emulator if you have to uh and everybody gets to participate which is really cool you know there's there's no cutoff um so i think the ctm has kind of been able to fulfill that role of being the online champion of the month. Uh, I think the cool thing about the CTWC in these recent years is that it's been able to bring the offline and online players together, such as all the veterans often, you know, many of them don't have all the streaming equipment. They've never used Twitch before. They've never used Discord before. And although at the same time, it's tough because a lot of them weren't even able to qualify this year because the competition's so tough. But my hope is that since 2020 has gotten a lot of the veterans to who have original equipment, but don't have the streaming stuff now, they have streaming stuff, and online players who had all the streaming stuff, but maybe not the original equipment, now everybody who's participated kind of has the same standard of gear, that there can be more online and offline events. Maybe the CTWC decides, hey, yeah, we'll do an all online event in the summer and then you know we'll do an uh, in-person one in october and we'll just do two i'm sure there's a lot of discussions to be had there and you know try to work something out but you know the sky's the limit and and figuring out what to do what i would love to see is that like have um like have the uh, online champ uh, the online championships actually le legit be a qualifier of sorts so instead of like having like uh the, the the format that they have now what they could do is that like they could have uh the returning format for the online stuff and then have the winner like automatically qualify for the main event for the uh offline stuff mm -hmm. but we could just we could sit here and you know armchair book this and try to make it oh, work yeah. <laughs> but you know at the end of the day it's just going to be up to the uh the people who run it um mm -hmm. so the the last thing that that i have off the top of my head so uh we're running about half an hour right now and i'm, I'm going to allow you to get back to work um <laughs> since we started a little early um who is your pick that is not Joseph for this year's CTWC championship. Um, it's so hard uh, because there's there's like immediately eight names I I could pick. The one I would want to pick 
because I think it would be really cool if he did win is Dog playing Tetris, Michael Arteaga, um, because he, for, for such a long time, uh, his age was a secret because he was so young. <laughs> and <laughs> now he finally did his face reveal um, during his match with Corian in the last CTM. Uh, he's this 12-year-old kid that's just absolutely stunning uh, in the game. And he's, yeah, he's had so many incredible matches this year. Uh, he had the match where he scored three max outs in a row versus Eric and lost. He, you know, put up these phenomenal multiple max out games against Corey on lost because he missed a kill screen Tetris by a single tap. He is probably the, he's, you know, he's definitely by far the best player in the world that hasn't won a, a monthly tournament yet. So, you know, it's just, it's just about waiting for his time. I think where he finally has the run where he shows what he's capable of. And, you know, CTWC may be the, the, the time he finally breaks through. Let's but, see. Uh, what the hell was I doing when I was 12? <laughs> uh, C7. So that's 1992. Not much. Uh, <laughs> so, um, on that note, I would like to thank you for for joining me today in this in this half hour of good solid Tetris talk. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Got any plugs you want to make? Yeah, I mean, I I have a Tetris YouTube channel, a Game Scout, where I talk all about this stuff in depth and try to highlight, you know, the noteworthy stories of the community. And uh, it's been some of the most fun I've ever had making YouTube videos. And I'm looking forward to making more about the 2020 tournament. So if you're interested in hearing more about that, uh, I would hope to see you there. I'll, I'll make Thanks sure. so much. Again. I'll make <laughs> sure to invite me. Oh, no problem. Uh, I'll make sure to post your links and everything in the show description to make sure people can go directly to you. Um, so I never like to this day, like I've, this is my, third one of these and i never know how to end it properly but uh just remember the next time you show up here shirts are mandatory but pants are merely optional thank you a lot uh see y'all next week bye